right? What an amazing couple of weeks, right? We did have Easter, and we just kind of heard all the incredible things that God has done. And on top of that, over 500 volunteers serving through the weekend. So if you serve Easter, I want to thank you guys so much uh, for all of you that are part of that. Not to mention over 4,000 people we got to experience what's church at home online. We love you guys. You guys are part of the, the family as well. And it's just, just neat just to see the power and the impact of a community of people coming together and doing what Jesus called and created us to do and, and how you're impacting lives just all over our community and the world. I love, love being a part of all of this. And I'm really excited about this next series I'll be teaching us and leading us through because um, we're gonna talk about how to lead well. And one of the things that I want to do is I want you to begin to understand just the potential you have, the ability you have, what God has gifted you and who you can be and what you can do. And I want you to be able to begin to see yourself the way that God sees you in all of your potential and all the things that you can do and accomplish. And we're just going to walk through these next kind of four weeks and, and really help you begin to lead well. And one of the things that I want you to understand, just to kind of start this whole thing out, is, is the first thing I want you to understand is this, and this is an important thing for all of you to hear, is that every one of us leads something or someone. So when I'm talking about leadership, I'm not just talking about the CEO, I'm not just talking about the, you know, the one running the company or something, I'm talking about those of you in middle school or in high school, I'm talking about every one of us, is that what you're going to discern is that every one of us leads something or someone. See, parents, you're leading your children. Now, they may not be listening to you. I get that. But you're still leading them because they are watching you. You're leading something. You might be leading a team. You might be the captain on it. You, you might be leading by example to underclassmen. You might be leading in your youth group and how you handle small groups and how you have conversations and communications. You might be leading a company and be the CEO. You might be the manager of something. You might be leading uh, the role of your family. But what I want you to understand is that every one of us are leading something or someone. Listen to this. Even if all you're leading is yourself, you're still leading someone. In fact, let me just tell you something. One of the most important things that you lead or people you lead in all the universe is actually yourself. See, you're leading yourself and your character, aren't you? Who you are in private. You're, you're leading your, your, yourself and how you're dealing with some of the issues of your past that maybe your mom and dad passed generation to generation and, and you're the one that has to lead yourself to overcome it to make sure it ends with you and you start a new thing that you hand on to the next generation, right? Someone that's healthy and an overcomer. You're leading yourself and your time in your money, in your resources. You're leading yourself through and around temptation to overcome obstacles. But the reality I want you to see is that everyone is leading something. But here's what I want you to see. This is so important to miss. Is that a lot of people don't understand the incredible impact and influence how you lead actually has on your life and the people around you. In other words, there's so many people look at life and they don't realize the ability that God has given you to lead and through your leadership actually change your life and the outcomes of your life. In fact, I love this leadership statement. One of the um, greatest leadership coaches in the world all around, a guy named John Maxwell. You've, you've probably heard of him in some way. And he made a statement that I just have found to be so true. And what he says is, this is that everything rises and falls on leadership. In other words, that you can look at the circumstances of your life, your marriage, your family, your health, like all of these things, and that everything rises and falls on leadership. Let me tell you something. I've been leading um, organizations, people for many, many years, and I can't tell you just how true that is. 
Like you can, you can actually look at organizations. We see it all the time. You put the right CEO in and the organization turns around. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Look at Tesla. How many years ago it was a company that was worth basically very little. It wasn't very successful. You put the right leader in and look at what happened to the company. And you can see it over and over and over and over again. I have seen it in departments where I'll take someone and I'll put someone that's a great leader and leads well. You put them in the department and the whole department does well. In the same way, you put someone that doesn't lead well in that department, the whole department doesn't do well. Everything rises and falls on leadership. You look at marriages and you see marriages that say, hey, we're going to choose to lead our marriage. We're going to prioritize that relationship. We're going to prioritize time together, even if we're busy, even if there's demands from kids and work and life, we're going to lead. I'm going to lead myself being unselfish. I'm going to lead myself to meet their needs. What you see is that the marriage rises and falls on how you lead yourselves within marriage. We see this in countries. Look around the world. You can see countries with oil and richness and everything. They get the corruption on the top. The whole country begins to be impacted by leadership. And why do I want us to see this? We need to understand that if you will learn to lead well, you can change your reality. You can change your circumstances. You can change your marriage. You can change your business outlook. You can change how people perceive you. You can change your life. I want you to understand, when I talk about everyone's a leader and everyone leads something, what I want us to understand is that everyone is leading, but listen to this, but not everyone is leading well. And so what our heart in this next four weeks is to help you not just identify yourself as a leader, but learn how to lead yourself, lead your family, lead your business, lead your life, lead your emotions, lead your soul and your spirit, and lead your life to be everything that God created you to be and lead you to everything that, once again, that you can be. And so the first thing I want you to say this out loud with me on the count of three. Everyone, I want you to say this. One, two, three. I am a leader. And so what we're going to do in this series, though, is we're gonna look at an incredible leader's life, like a man named Nehemiah. And for those of you who don't know who Nehemiah is, we're gonna learn a little bit. But Nehemiah was a cupbearer to a king many, many years ago. And Nehemiah in the scriptures did some incredibly amazing things. He was a leader of character. He was a leader that inspired people around him. He was a leader that made the world a better place. In fact, he would change an entire nation and a group of people. He would build an army of people around that believed in him. He would change the world as People knew it and understand it. And so within the life of Nehemiah, here's my heart, is that we are going to learn, take some principles that he applied to his problems, his struggles, his obstacles, because we all have that, right? Like, and, and we're going to take these things that he learned, and the heartbeat is, is that you begin to then apply them to your life and your obstacles and your relationships and your business, and that you can experience the same results. And so we're going to kind of pick up the story and we're going to pick it up, Nehemiah, the book of the Bible, chapter 1, verse 1, and we're going to begin to learn what made Nehemiah such a great leader and what can make you a great leader. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, uh, 
Hanai, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some of the other men. And I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the providence, are in great trouble and disgrace. The walls of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. Now let me, let's kind of walk through the obstacle he's dealing with, even though once again, you have a different one, but I still want to see the principle. See, Nehemiah is now a cupbearer to the king in a foreign land where he's serving them. And he has been elevated to a very high role and position. And so what happens is the people from his homeland, who by the way, all of these years ago rebelled against God um, and, and God took his hands of protection off, they found themselves back in their homeland. The problem was, even though they were back in their homeland, everything was falling apart. There was no leadership. There was no government. There was no walls and gates to protect the people. And in that time, in that culture, what that meant is, is that nobody could build anything. Because at any moment, anybody can walk right through and just pillage whatever business, whatever thing that you've built. And so all the people found themselves, listen to this, they found themselves complaining about the way it was, but no one was doing anything to change it and make it better. And they were hopeless. And they found themselves every night, they were being raided and pillaged and they couldn't build. And everyone was sitting there and they had lost all hope and they were in despair. And Nehemiah hears this, right? This is the problem that he faces. And then I want you to see what he does once he hears what's actually going on. When I heard these things, I sat down and I wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And we'll come back to here in a second. I want you to see this. Listen to this. What I want us to learn is this. So Nehemiah finds himself in an obstacle. By the way, every one of us have them, don't we? We have things we need to overcome. We have things that we struggle with. We have things that we can make better. But I want you to focus. Here's what I want to focus on today. I want to focus on today, what do leaders see? Like, I want you to look at how it is that Nehemiah sees the situation, the current reality, finds himself and his people in. Next week, we're going to talk about what leaders do. This week's about what leaders see. And I want you to see this. Here's why. Because every one of us, as we're looking forward in our life, we're looking at all the things we want to accomplish, that we need to accomplish, things that aren't right, that need to get right. There are two things that I want you to see that Nehemiah sees that you need to start looking at all of your circumstances and everything you walk through. And here are the two things that leaders see. And I want you to see this and we'll talk about it. Leaders see both the reality of how things are. I want you to see they're self-aware. They're not in denial. They see the reality of things are, but I love this next part, and the reality of how things can be. In other words, it's just as real to them the future that God moves and changes and transforms as it is the present, which is the circumstances they surround themselves too. And great leaders will look at every problem, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's your children, whether it's your emotions, whether it's your business or finances, that every single great leader is always going to have the ability to see things how they are, here's the reality, and how they can be. And here's what Nehemiah sees. I want you to see this. Nehemiah is fully aware of what's going on. In his homeland, there's lacking leadership. In his homeland, people don't have hope. In his homeland, there's no plan. There's no solution. In his homeland, the enemies are real. The obstacles are really big. The job is difficult. It's so real to him that he what? He weeps, right? Says Nehemiah hears this and he weeps. He breaks down. He begins to feel the pain. Why? Because he sees the current reality. Now, 
Here's the question. We're talking about like inspiring you to be great leaders. So why are we starting off talking about the negative? Like, why are we starting out? The first thing, Nehemiah, he's crying because he actually sees and is self-aware of how big the obstacles and big the problems are in his life. And can I tell you why this is so important? We're only going to spend a couple of minutes on this first part, but here's what I want you to see. The reason why it's so important for you and I to actually see the reality of the brokenness in our own lives and around us, to actually not see a filtered version, but the real reason behind it is simply this. If you don't see something's broken then you're not gonna leverage your leadership to fix it. Right, like, in other words, if you go through life and you're in denial, everything's good, everything's fine, oh, no problem at all, then what happens is as leaders, we just begin to accept the reality of the way that it is because you can't fix what you don't think is broken. And as we're walking through all of the series and all that God's gonna call you to do, but if you can't see what you need God to change in you, if you can't see what the problem actually is, then you're never going to develop the plan and the strategies and everything that you need to overcome the brokenness. And you're going to accept this broken reality as the reality. And let me tell you something. It's what you will be. And you will never fully accomplish what God has called you to accomplish because you can't see what's really going on. You can't see the brokenness in you that might be creating some of the brokenness in your life. And because you can't see it, you never deal with it. And so the pattern remains and you never lead yourself out of the problem that you find yourself in. In fact, I was reading this book, my best-selling author and one of the greatest leadership guys, gurus in, in, in the world. And um, he leads all these you know, billion-dollar companies and he goes in there with the CEOs and they help fix things. It's a, amazing. And so he wrote this book and he's talking about being self-aware. And what was interesting to me uh, about this book, he said, I sent all these people out to all these big, successful companies that all of them are facing problems. They were facing issues and they brought my company in and, and me in to go, hey, help us solve. Like, help us get to the level, the, to, to the, the full level we can do. And they said, you know what? They came back and they had all these people, these coaches come back and they talked about all these companies. He goes, you know what the number one problem they all found was? And this was fascinating to me. It wasn't that these, that the people weren't visionaries. It wasn't that they were disorganized. It wasn't competition. He, they said the number one problem in all of these companies, the same thing. And here's what it was, is the leaders were not self-aware of their own weaknesses. That the people that were leading these companies had their own issues and brokenness in them that was infiltrating all the way down. Into the, it was creating the problems. And yet all these leaders are sitting around going, tell us what's the problem. Why? Because they couldn't see it. It was always something else and someone else. And they didn't see it. Now listen to this. I want you to hear this because this is important. These were obviously great leaders. They were leading massive companies. They had incredible strengths. And I want you to hear this. And you have strengths. And you have gifts. And they had strengths. And they had gifts. But here's what I want you to see. Because they couldn't see their weaknesses, their weaknesses kept getting in the way of everything that God could have done in them and everything that they could have accomplished in their life because they were simply blind. They couldn't see it. Why couldn't they see it? Well, let me tell you something. Sometimes it's painful to see it. Do you, do you know that, that sometimes what happens in our life, hear this, hear this out. When we face problems, isn't it so much easier to blame other people for your problems than yourself and take responsibility? Like, let's be honest. Isn't it so much easier in counseling? Well, listen, my wife, she's the issue. You know, man, listen, my boss, if he would, you know, hey, it was not my fault. It's so much, it feels so much better, doesn't it, to, to look at your life and go, all of my problems, I had nothing to do with it, I'm a victim. But here's the problem. If there are parts of you that are creating some of the issues and you don't see it, 
then what happens is what? You just repeat the pattern over and over and over again. And I found it so fascinating that as all these leaders are looking and they go, wait a minute, these, these, these people were all sitting around and they had this issue and the issue was within them, but because they couldn't see it, it just kept creating dysfunction and creating dysfunction. So here's the question I have for you. As we start out this inspirational series on leadership, can you see it? Can you see your issues that are creating issues? Like, can, can you see it? I just want to, like, what I'm saying is, is that you look in the mirror and you're going, hey, I'm a leader and I want to I wanna make things better. I want to get better. Here's the question that I'm going to ask you. But can you see your responsibility in your current reality? Because if you can't see it, you're not going to change it and you're never going to overcome it until you see it. Here's the question. Do, do, do you see it in your marriage? No, my marriage is fine. I mean, everything's good. Like, I know we're busy, and I don't know, we, we don't date a lot. We don't even talk a lot, actually, you know, and it's, we don't have a lot of intimacy because we're, I mean, we're chauffeurs, and we're trying to build this business and life and manage school and homework. So, no, but our marriage is fine. We're, we're good. Really? Really? Like, you're sure you, don't, you didn't bring some, like, baggage into that relationship? <laughs> That's actually affecting. You mean you mean, mean you, you you don't? They're not. They're not some. There's not some patterns in your behaviors that are really causing hurt and causing the separation between the two of you guys. Like, listen. Here's why I say this. Do you know how many people we've done marriage counseling to? And then they'll call. She left. He left. I don't know why. Everything was fine. And then we bring them in together and they go, no, no, I told you 50 times I was frustrated at this and this and this, and you just couldn't see it. You just didn't believe it. And here's what happens, what happens. Listen, we, so dis we just so accept dysfunction as normal because it's too painful to deal with it. Instead of leaders, what leaders do is we don't ever accept dysfunction as normal. No, we see it as dysfunction and we make the changes in our lives. But here's my question. If you can't see it, you're not going to change it. Can you see it? Hey, in your business, you ever wondered why everyone else gets the promotion? My boss is just an idiot. Well, maybe your boss is an idiot. I don't know them. They could be the problem. But, but have you ever stopped to think that, that maybe it's not just this one boss who's an idiot? What about the other bosses didn't promote you? Because they're not all idiots. Could there be some things in how you work? Could there be some things on what you don't do? Could there be some weaknesses that you're blind to that you're not fixing that's actually preventing you from being and experiencing everything that God wants to bless you with? You see what I'm trying to say? Hey, you're an employer. I just can't get good employees anymore. They just can't find, no one's loyal. Wait, 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 okay, it's great. Maybe you can't and maybe they're all idiots too. But could it be as a leader that maybe there are some things you think you're doing? There may be some ideas in your mind of what you want to do, but you haven't really done it. And so these people, they can't see your own heart and your own desire. And maybe there's some areas in your own life you can make better, which then once again would make your employees better and then make your life better. You see what I'm trying to say? Is that as a leader, it's so important to be self-aware. Like, not to beat ourselves up, for the record, by the way. It's not to put ourselves down. It's so that we can recognize, wow, now that I see what's broken, I can actually leverage my leadership influence to actually change what's broken so I can achieve what I'm called to do. Listen, this, this is what you see in Nehemiah, is that Nehemiah understands the current reality. It is broken. It isn't good. And he also sees the, the good reality. But you can see, listen to this, he even takes responsibility for the current brokenness. Notice his prayer. Notice what he comes before the Lord, what he sees. I confess that we have sinned against you, God. Like we actually are part of the problem because we didn't follow you, but not just they're the problem. Listen to this. Yes, even my own family. And, and what's that word? And I. Whoops. Back. There we go. Um, okay. 
don't know where I am. There we go. Thank you. They fixed it back there. I confess that, that, listen, my family and I have sinned. What is Nehemiah doing? God, I'm owning my part. Nehemiah's not a bad guy. By the way, Nehemiah is very successful. He's the cupbearer to the king. He's obviously faithful to the Lord, and God blessed him. But what I want you to see is Nehemiah is self-aware. Hey, listen, I've got a little part of the problem. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands and decrees and the regulations you have given us through your servant Moses. Hey, God, we didn't really honor you. We didn't do this. And because I see the problem, now what I can do is I can go to the people and myself, and we can start fixing what broke us, and we can actually thrive and make a difference. And you'll see at the end of this, he goes, in there, reestablishes the temple. He reads all of the words of, of God to bring about, once again, the blessing and the promises of God in their lives and changes them. Why? Because he sees it. Can I just challenge you with this? Part of you changing your future reality is your ability to see your responsibility in your current reality. And as, and as leaders, we have to just take off the blinders. And by the way, sometimes this is hard. Like some of you are like, but if I had a weakness, I, I'm, I'm sure I would see it. <laughs> Can I tell you something that's harder than you think? Because we just have, we're, we are just, we are hardwired to see it in everyone else. It is just hard to see in ourselves because we judge us through our intentionality, our heart. We believe it, what we think we're going to do. And that's not the way everyone else sees it. And I just want to encourage you. In fact, this is, I actually asked the board. I said, hey, I want to, I want to implement a 360 of me and in in our lead team. And we want, we want the staff to have this anonymous ability. So they, once again, we don't know who it is, to actually share, hey, this is what it's like to be on the other side of Scott. This is what it's like to be on the other side of this. You know, you know what I'm saying? Why? Because I understand that I might be blind to some things. So the only way, by the way, if you're on the top to ever actually get the truth is to have people be able to share that with you that they, you don't know who they are because people are rarely going to be honest to the top. And so what we did is, hey, boy, I want to do this. And they're in the process right now. And they're going to go all this time. Tell me exactly what it's like. What are the weaknesses? Where, where can you grow? Why? Not because I want to beat myself up. Because I want to step into everything that God called me to be. And if there's some blind spots in my life, I want to know them so I can change them. And Nehemiah starts out. And the first thing goes, I, I need to see the current reality of what things are. And I see it and I know it. I'll take my responsibility. Here's their responsibility. And here, now that I've done that, here's what I can do. I can now move, make the adjustments to the future. And I can begin to see, listen to this, how things can be. And I want you to spend the rest of the day, this is what we're going to spend on. The rest of the day, I want to focus in on this part of what things can be. I want you to see the, just the power of the ability to believe that God can do things in you and through you. I want you to see the power of being able to not just look at the problems, but looking beyond the problems and seeing what God can actually do. And I want you to see this. We go back to Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4. Notice what he says. When I heard these things, I sat down and I wept. See, I see the current reality. But notice this. For some days, I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Hey, I wept for a moment. Now I'm going to get to work to solve the problems. Then I said, oh, Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands. Remember? Hey, we're going to fix that God we're going to obey. And God, you're the God that promises. You're the God that has the power to fix this. You're the God that is faithful. Listen to my prayer. Look down, see me praying night and day for your people, Israel. Here's what I want you to see. Do you see how fast Nehemiah moves from, well, here's the problem, my current reality, to here's the solution and the faith and the hope and the ability to believe in a better future reality. You see how fast he moves? He doesn't dwell there. 
Can, can I speak to some of you? Can, can, see, some of you, the problem in your life is not that you can't see your responsibility and your brokenness. It's the problem is it's all you can see. And so what happens is you stay in where you've always been. Oh, I'm, my mom's this way. My dad, I'm just always going to be like this. I'm just never going to get any. I mean, this is just my current. I just, I'm awful. I'm a bad leader. I'm a bad husband. I'm a bad dad. I'm a bad mom. I, you just feel, and so what happens is you stay in the negative, and that's all you see. And I love what Nehemiah does. Yeah, I'm going to acknowledge the problem, but the only reason I'm acknowledging the problem is so I can fix it, not stay there. And, and what you see is, hey, there's going to be a couple days I'm going to mourn, I'm going to be sad, and then I'm done with that. And I'm going to start going, okay, God, it's, it doesn't do me any good to dwell in all my problems. What I need to move to is to find the solution. So I'm going to pray, hey, God, remember who you are? And look at how he begins to see the future. Look at how Nehemiah in his prayer begins to speak all these things. Remember the instructions you gave your servant Moses. He's speaking to God, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. In other words, God, remember the covenant from Easter. Right? You promised you would do it, and you did exactly what you promised. But what's the other side of the promise God made? But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, God promised, I will gather them there, and I will bring them to the place that I have chosen as a dwelling place for my name. I love that about me. What do you see what he's doing? God, you promised if we would repent and turn to you, you would fix this. You promised, God, that your presence that once dwelled with us and in power would return. God, you what is Nehemiah doing? I'm not just seeing the broken walls and the broken gates. I'm seeing the completed walls and the fixed gates. I'm not just seeing the despair of the people. I'm seeing and I'm speaking out with confidence God's spirit and blessing and favor returning to the people. He's not just seeing things how they are. He is a great leader who sees things how they can be. And he doesn't just see it. He speaks it. He shares it. He believes it. Can I just tell you something? Listen to this. Leaders never accept things the way they are. They always see things how they can be. Like, if, if you want to lead well, you will never look at things are and go, this is just who I am. This is just the way it is. Oh, I'm, I'm just not destined to it. No, leaders always see things how they can be. And what is Nehemiah seeing? Oh, I'm seeing what God's going to do. God, you're a God is faithful. God, you are powerful. You can rebuild a wall and the gates and your temple and your presence. And you promise this and it's going to happen. And he's speaking. You see it over and again. Where is he dwelling his energy? It's not on the past of just his current reality. It's on the future reality that God is going to do. And then this confidence that dwells in him. Notice what it leads him to do. Look at what he does. So he goes... He goes, God, give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. What is he doing? God, I'm so confident what you're going to do that I'm going to walk, even though I'm a slave, I'm going to walk in the presence of the greatest king and most powerful man on earth. And I'm going to ask him, I'm going to ask him to give me money and time off and people to go re rebuild a nation that isn't even his own. Like, I want you to see, do you see how ridiculous that is if God's not involved? Slaves don't command kings to give them armies of people and resources to build other nations. But Nehemiah, please hear this. I want, listen, if you can't, I want you to please hear me. All attention. Boing, pay attention. This is so important. Nehemiah had so convinced himself of the future reality. I want you to see this. He was so confident in who God was and what God's promises were and God's word and God's faithfulness and his leadership. He was so confident of what God could do through himself. Listen to this. That his confidence actually began to influence the king. 
He was so confident that he sought himself first and then notice how he led other people. I want you to see this. The king asked, well, how can I help? <laughs> hey, I would love to serve my slaves. What can I do for you? You want money? You just want me to hand you stuff? He goes, with a prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, if it pleases the king and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. Do you see it? The confidence. You see the confidence? See, Nehemiah didn't walk up to the king and go, hey, um, yeah, my people are suffering. And king, what I'm wondering is, if you could give me some money and some people and some wood, then, you know, maybe, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but there's a possibility, maybe it's small, very little. I'm not really sure. I'm not really confident, but, could we, but maybe we can fix this problem. Do, 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 you see, do you see what I want you? I want you, we gotta see this. Is that Nehemiah was so confident and who God is and what he is. He had so, listen to this, led himself first to see what God could do before, listen to this, he was able to inspire and lead others. His ability to see it himself had to come first before he could help other people see it. Here's my question. Do you see it? Do you see it in your life? Like, 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 I want you to just, I want you to hear this. Do you see what God can do in your marriage? Are you, when you look at your life and you're praying, can you see your marriage in a different place? Can you see your kids that love the Lord and, and have a great relationship with you? And them? Can, can you see your business when it's better? Can you see your life experiencing joy and peace? Here's my question. If you can't see it yourself, how are you gonna lead others to do it? And by the way, how can you lead yourself? But before you can lead others to a better future for themselves and you and others, you have to be able to see it yourself. I love what the scriptures say. I want you to see this, okay? This is so powerful. It says this, it is impossible to please God without faith. And here's what faith is. That anyone who wants to come to us believe that he exists and that he what? What's that word? He will reward what? Those that earnestly seek him. In other words, here's my question. Can you see the reward? Because see, God's word is telling you things like, hey, by the way, the same spirit, as the Bible says, that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. The same power that raised Christ from the dead brings life to your body. So when you look at your future, do you see that kind of power working in you and helping you overcome depression? Can you see it giving you peace where there's anxiety? Can it see you overcome the anger that maybe were generation to generation, but now the Spirit of God is in you? But as you see your future, do you have the kind of confidence that God is actually going to do what He said He's going to do, and that His power is what He said it is going to be? Can you see it? Do, do you believe, listen to this, do you believe that as you pray, you command heaven's armies to fight your battles for you? That when you're looking at a future, it's not just on your shoulders, but He who began the work will actually carry it on to completion? that God's a part of this and that you're not alone. Like, like Nehemiah wasn't going to build the city by himself. You're gonna see this, that God in his faithfulness, part of, here's the, you're a child of God. You have access to the throne of God. So can you see your future just on your own strength or do you see your future with you and God's power fighting for you? Can you see it? Do you, do you believe that if God is for you, who can be against you? Can you see that, that the Bible says you will reap what you sow? Like, you, it's gonna happen. Don't get weary and you're good in the, in the proper time. You will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Can you see that these principles are in place that as you're pouring into this business, as you're pouring into yourself, as you're pouring into your family, that by the way, you don't always plant a seed and get a plant in the same season, but you will eventually. But can you see your future like this? And I want you to hear this. I want you to, this is so important because 
If you can't see it, you're not going to fight for it, are you? And if you can't see it, you're not going to have other people come alongside and fight with it for you. If Nehemiah didn't have the confidence, the king would have been like, no way. If Nehemiah couldn't see it himself, he wouldn't have given up everything to go after it. If Nehemiah couldn't see it for himself, he wouldn't have inspired the people to risk their lives to do it. And we need to understand there is incredible power in your ability to trust in who God is and who he says you are and what he will do with you. Because if you can't see that better future, you're probably never going to get there. Not because of its self-help. Not because there's power in just envisioning something positive. Because it gives you the ability to do what's necessary to work, to persevere when things are hard, to actually experience everything that God has for you. I love this about God. Do you know that God always does this in the scriptures? In fact, I look at this verse. I want you to see, because this is such an important thing if you want to lead well. The God who gives life to the dead, and I love this next part, and calls into being things that were not. In other words, what is, what, what is he saying about God? Is that God looks at a current reality, but he speaks a better future reality into existence, and it happens. He, he sees things, not as they are, but as they can, and as they, by the way, if you're God, as they will be. And listen to this, there's power in that ability. Do you know that Jesus modeled this just like his father did? Like, I love this about Jesus, right? So, so, so part of leadership is not just leading yourself, it's leading others. And so as Jesus is building an army of people and he wants them to transform the world, I love what he does. He speaks things that are not as though they are. And so he walks up to one of his disciples named Simon and he goes, hey, Simon, I'm gonna change your name. And by the way, to change a name is actually changing your identity because your name defined how people saw you. It was a reflection of your character and who you were. And he goes, you're no longer gonna be called Simon. I'm gonna change your name to Peter, you're going to be the first rock. You're going to be the strength of which I build my church. You're going to change the world, Peter, because you are the rock. And can I, could you imagine the, the disciples around him who knew Simon <laughs> going like, hey, Jesus, listen, that, that's great. Um, but um, he's not the rock. <laughs> In fact, Simon's always messing up. Like he's putting his foot in us all the time. And he got, like he wasn't really accepted into the good schools because no one really saw anything in him. And he just basically fished for a living. Jesus, I, like I know what you're saying and you're calling him the rock. But listen, he's just Simon. He's not the rock. Oh, by the way, Jesus, just so you know, um, he's going to like fail you a few times as well. So like he's going to deny you not once, not twice, but like the third time he does, he's going to like call down curses right in front of your face and deny you. And, and then he's going to like run away and abandon you and cry like a baby and run off and give up on everything that you taught him for three years. Like, I, like Jesus, I just told you, no, like he's not the rock. And I love what Jesus did though. Nobody will be. Nobody will be. So I'm going to call things as though they are, even though they're not. I'm going to see not just the current reality, how they are, but I'm going to see the current, the future reality, how they will be. And I'm going to see not just who Peter is, but who he will be. And so every time I speak to him, I'm going to remind him, you're the rock. And when you fail, Peter, and you don't live up to your name, I'm going to still remind you, I'm the rock. And when you fail three times, I'm going to restore you three times. And here's what I love, because after Peter failed, after Peter didn't live up to his name, the rock, and Jesus you know, dies on the cross, and he abandoned, he goes back, gives up on everything that God wants to do with him. At the end of all of it, Jesus restores him. And there's this powerful, powerful moment that Jesus has with, with Peter, where once again, you see Jesus speak things, not as who they are, but who Peter will be. And look at what happens here. This is powerful. Jesus says to Peter, I tell you the truth, Peter, 
when you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. And listen to what Jesus says next. But Peter, when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. And Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death Peter would glorify God. Now some of you are going, that's not very inspiring, that's actually depressing. (laughs) But not if you're Peter. And here's why I want you to understand this, okay? What was Peter's struggle? His identity. I'm the guy that betrayed Jesus. I'm the guy that didn't do it once, but once, twice, and three times. I'm the guy that in the moment when I should have done the right thing, I did the wrong thing. And that is the definement of who I am. And everybody remembers, oh, you're Peter, the one that denied Jesus. Oh, you're Peter, the one that ran and gave up. And I love what Jesus is speaking into the life of Peter. Hey, Peter, that's who you were, but that's not who you're going to be. In fact, one day there's going to come a moment And it's going to come a moment where you're not going to be on a fire with a slave girl and just worried about your reputation, but you're going to, you're going to come before a judge and you're going to have the opportunity to deny me and betray me and live or be faithful to me and be crucified like me. And what Jesus was saying to Peter is, listen, what's going to happen in that moment, Peter, guess what? You're going to live up to the name I gave you. And you're going to glorify God, not let him down. And you're going to be a man of character and strength. And you're going to go to that cross and give your life and honor and glorify God. And I'm going to elevate you to lead a kingdom forever and ever and ever in heaven, Jesus. Or Peter, and so what I'm going to do, what is he doing? I'm going to speak into your life, not who you are, but who you will be. I want us to understand the power of this. I want us to understand that, that Nehemiah, that his ability to see the walls built, not just the walls broken, that Jesus' ability to see Peter, not just as Simon, the one that messed up, but as Peter, the rock that would give his life. I want us to understand how important it is for you and me to be able to look, not just how things are, but how things can be. It's not just about positive thinking, by the way, but what this faith brings in when you can see it is you inspire yourself to push through. If you can't see it, you won't do that. You inspire yourself when things get hard. And by the way, in leadership, it will always be hard. You'll inspire when other people don't believe in you. You can actually still believe in yourself. Your inspiration and your ability to see will help other people become who God created them to be and help fight and accomplish what God has called you to accomplish. It is paramount out as leaders. Leaders have to not just see how things are. They have to see how things can be. In fact, I'll never forget this. Um, um, this, this reality as I was thinking about this, it brought me back to a memory many years ago at the church. See, a lot of people look at Journey Church and they see, wow, look at all that God is doing. And God is doing some amazing stuff, right? And we just saw in Ecuador, and we saw all the stuff in Easter, and all the volunteers, and auditoriums filled, and communities impacted, and an amazing staff and team. And, like, God is just blessing this house. It's just amazing. But do you know it wasn't always like that? Do you know there was a season where all of this was just a vision and a belief that God was going to do this? And I say this because there was a season in our church, it was years and years ago, and it was really, really hard. And, and every staff member had to do, those of you that are here in the room, you know this, every staff member had to do like 10 different jobs. We didn't have any money. And we had no idea how we were going to accomplish all of these things. And, and it was just battle after battle. If any of you ever built an organization, you know how it is, right? And it was struggle after struggle. And what I found myself saying is I would notice I would notice that even though I saw the future, like I saw this, like I saw what God was going to do, I believed it. 
But it was interesting as I found myself in this moment, even though I believed that God would be faithful and that God would move and he would do miracles and that he was going to accomplish all these great things and we were going to be the light of the world and change our county and just so many great things. The people around me didn't always see it. Right? That wasn't necessarily their job, by the way. As a leader, that was my job. And so I found myself in these meetings seeing people discouraged and tired, and I would constantly make one statement. And what was amazing is I didn't even realize I was doing it. In fact, it wasn't intentional. I wish it was intentional because I would have been a better leader if I did it intentionally. But I didn't do it intentionally. But it just naturally flowed. And it didn't really hit me until one day um, we did a staff retreat. Went up to my mom and dad's house up in North Carolina. Tori remembers that. I can see she's laughing right now because she knows the shirt, right? And, and so we were all gathered around. And I walked out to lead the meeting. And every one of the staff had got T-shirts made with a statement I made over and over again that I didn't even realize I was making. And here's what the T-shirt said. I want you to see. It's not always going to be like this. Yeah. Tori knows it right there in the front row. She was there that moment. It's not always going to be like this. In other words, I didn't even realize, but in every meeting, what I would always do is, hey, I know it's hard now, but listen, God's going to be faithful. Hey, I know it's difficult now, but God, we're going to watch God. It's going to be a miracle I was going to do. And so as I was sitting there thinking about this, what I realized was this, is that my confidence in who God was and what he was going to do was so great that even though the circumstances around us weren't great, all I kept seeing is what, what it can be, what God was going to do. What's going to, here's, here's, here's why this is, hit me. is because I didn't even realize it. But even though they couldn't see it, that my role as a leader was to see it so clearly that it would basically start to impact them and let them see it. And what I began to realize in that moment is they were just being funny. They weren't even probably, I don't even know if they actually believed in me. But at the end of the day, what I know is this is that my confidence in what God was going to do was how I was actually defined as a leader. That they began to see it in everything they did. And I'll never forget this because a few years ago, I was sitting there and we were looking at all that God does and I was talking to some of the team that was there. I said, hey, hey, listen, listen, listen. Remember when I said this? It wasn't always going to be like this. It wasn't, it's not always like this, is it? Like God is good. Look at, look at, see, we're living right now in what I saw all those years ago. But here's the thing. It's not, I have to start seeing it myself, the vision of what God can do. But beyond that, I got to help other people see it. And as leaders, and what we need to understand as leaders is it starts with ourselves. Like what was happening wasn't even intentional. It was that I'm on my knees for the Lord going, I believe God in who you are and your promises are what you could do. And I'm so confident in who you are and what you're going to do that even all around me, no one else sees it. It's all I see. It's all I see. Yeah, I see the problem, but I'm only gonna stay there long enough just to solve it and then we're gonna get back to it. It's not always gonna be like this. It's not always gonna be like this. It's not always gonna be like this. And guess what happened? An army of people began to buy into and believe it wasn't always gonna be like this. And then God built and did what he called and created us to do. Leaders always see how things can be. Let's close with this. Leaders see both the reality of how things are and the reality of how things can be. And lastly, leaders help others see both who they are and who they can be. That's what leaders see. Next week, we're gonna talk about what leaders do, right? And we're gonna learn some principles here. But here's what I wanna challenge you this week. What if you were to start looking and journaling with the Lord and start answering this question? Okay, God, what's my part? If it's 1%, which I'm sure that's most of the issues or your issues, only 1%, then fix the 1%. Work on the 1%. See, God, get wisdom from counsel and help. Begin to fix what's broken. See, be self-aware so you can get to a better future. And here's the other question. Start dreaming. Start writing out 
here's what my marriage can be. Here's what my joy can be. Here's what my purpose can be. Here's what my ministry can be. Here's what God can do in me and through me. Do, do, listen, you can't just live in what's wrong. But, but are you, do, do you believe? Can you see what God can do in you? The same spirit that Christ said is in you. The armies of angels are willing to fight for you. God's word is faithful to you. God spoke these things out, that you will reap what you sow. And here's the other question. For those who need to inspire others around you, um, how can you help them see who they can be? What if we were better at pointing out who people can be instead of the problems with who they are? And I want to encourage you this week. This is what leaders see. And as you begin to see these things, that'll be the first step for you to begin to lead well. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for gifting us with leadership, to gifting us with the promise that we're not leading alone or by ourselves, that you're with us. God, I just hope and pray that everyone listening to this voice will begin to understand who they are who you are, what you can do, that if you are for us, who could be against us, that we can move mountains with our faith and, and our hard work and perseverance, God, that you can do incredible things, God, more than we ask, think, or imagine. And God, I just pray you begin to just begin to help people see who they can be. May they begin to see what you can do in them and through them, in their families, in their marriages, in their finances, in their business, God. May they begin to see it so clear they inspire everyone around them. And God, may we see how things are and how things can be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.